Good morning. Greet you in Jesus' name this morning. This cold February morning. Thought I'd do something a little different this morning. Landon, would you come up here? What's today? Sunday. Okay. February 14th. Okay. And what else is today? My birthday. It's your birthday. Well, happy birthday. I'd like you to come over here. that you're turning today. If you would, take your Bibles and turn to Ecclesiastes chapter 11. Since you're such a good sport, I have a birthday present for you. You can pick whatever you want. Sorry, I made it hard. Okay, you can go sit down. Now I understand that there's a few others that have had some birthdays this month. Two were yesterday. Dwight and Meredith. Uh, Dawn just had one this past week. I think that was a big mile marker for her. Am I right? Is it 60? Happy birthday. And then I think Kara, 
she's not here this morning. She has one tomorrow, is that right? And then Audrey has one next week. So not very many birthdays this this uh, month. I thought maybe there'd be more. I forgot to ask Landon if uh, he's happy that his birthday is on Valentine's Day. He's nodding his head either way, he's not sure. He has a great uncle that has a birthday today as well. Carl. He's turning 66. I used to love birthdays, and maybe I still do. Um, but they're maybe not as uh, spectacular as what they used to be. I used to enjoy the parties and the fun that went with it. and Of course, when you're young... Landon's age, you're always looking, can't wait till probably 12, 15, 16. That's how I was. And now, time moves on. Birthdays are important. I have a cake here this morning. Never thought I would use a cake for an illustration, but I think a cake is important. The number of candles on top represent the number of, of years that you have lived, and that is precious. Landon has lived 10 years, and he's turning 11. Birthday candles can remind us how precious life really is. Some have many years. Some have many candles. Some have short lives and not very many candles. No matter how long or short our lives here on earth are, we need to live our life to the max. And most of all, live it for God. Ecclesiastes 11 struggled a little bit with what to to read share in Ecclesiastes there's a it's a continue like a long sermon that that Solomon wrote and uh, if you kind of read it in context 11 and 12 chapters 11 and 12 seem to be kind of a summary I'll just read chapter 11 Ecclesiastes 11 cast thy bread upon the waters for thou shalt find it after many days. Give a portion to seven and also to eight, for thou knowest not what evil shall be upon the earth. If the clouds be full of rain, they empty themselves upon the earth. And if the tree fall toward the south or toward the north, in the place where the tree falleth, there it shall be. He that observeth the wind shall not sow, and he that regardeth the clouds shall not reap. As thou knowest not what is the way of the spirit, nor how the bones do grow in the womb of her that is with child. Even so thou knowest not the works of God who maketh all. In the morning sow thy seed, and in the evening withhold not thine hand. For thou knowest not whether shall prosper, either this or that, or whether they shall be alike 
good. Truly the light is sweet and a pleasant thing it is for the eyes to behold the sun. But if a man live many years and rejoice in them all, yet let him remember the days of darkness, for they shall be many. All that cometh is vanity. Rejoice, O young man, in thy youth, and let thy heart cheer thee in the days of thy youth, and walk in the ways of thine heart, and in the sight of thine eyes. But know thou that for all these things God will bring thee into judgment. Therefore remove sorrow from thy heart, and put away evil from thy flesh, for childhood and youth are vanity." Solomon, there's a lot to be said in this chapter, and some of it is hard to understand in the metaphoric way that he wrote. But I believe Solomon was used by the Holy Spirit to write Ecclesiastes. We also know that he wrote the Song of Solomon, which would have been probably at a younger time of his life. And then the Proverbs he he, uh, wrote as well as more like a rule book. And Ecclesiastes could probably be somewhat later in life as he retrospected, thought back on his life. We, As we get older, we find that we introspect, look back, examine our experiences that we've had. And that's how we gain wisdom from older people. Those of us, I consider myself young yet, those of us that are young, you know, sometimes we need to to uh, seek the wisdom of older people that have had experience. The passing of Christie's uncle J.R., and my uncle Dale, only three days apart, a little over a week ago, does cause one to seriously consider life. These uncles were not old, at least in my definition. J.R. was 58. Dale was 63. We do not know how much time that we will have here in this life. Let's give it our best. Let's give every day to the fullest and most of all, living it for Christ. It is what we do now in this life that is going to prepare us for eternity. I'm just going to share a little story that happened. Um, we had been back and forth with Dale and Marianne, uh, texting, whatnot, different times previously, because uh, he was diagnosed with lymphoma cancer as well. And so we'd text back and forth occasionally. And so um, I knew that he had had COVID and uh, had been in the hospital and then was home and then heard that he had gone back in again and thought, that's not good. And so I messaged 
Marianne, and I asked if uh, Dale would be up to receiving a text. And she thought he would. So I, this would have been Friday evening, I sent him a text. And it's kind of hard to know what to say or how to say what you want to say. And I just encouraged him and uh, hoped he was feeling good, wasn't in much pain. I shared with him Joshua 1 9. And uh, <clears throat> I think it was Sunday night he passed away, and it was the next week, Thursday or Friday, that I got a text from Dale Martin on his phone. I thought, well, that's strange. And I read it, and of course, knowing that he had passed away, I, I was a little apprehensive of it. I thought maybe somebody hacked in, or, or if the text was out there and just now came through. So I was trying to piece this together. <clears throat> and, uh, his text was, I'm not in pain, uh, wish my breath would heal, and, uh, wondered how Christy was doing, and we're praying for you. So, I thought, okay. Well, shortly thereafter, a few minutes, I got another text saying, this is Rose, which had been Dale's daughter. They had found this text. It had been typed out on his phone. Either he thought he had sent it or it didn't go through. It was still there on his phone. So they shared it with me, which I found very special. So then just uh, yesterday, I messaged Marianne just to see how it was going. And, and uh, she said that she does, she does believe that was probably Dale's last text that he texted. You know, we don't know when life will end. Ecclesiastes 1-2 Vanity of vanities. All is vanity. Seems kind of depressing when we look at Life as a vapor, as vanity. The Hebrew has the idea, the word for vanity is as described as someone chasing the wind and trying to get a hold of it. And what comes to my mind is a kite. Harnessing the wind and flying a kite. All is vanity. This morning, it's cold. You open the door of a heated shop, the heat races out and makes vapor. It all disappears. Our life is like that. But is that all there is to life? To live here on earth? You need to remember, this is the reflection of Solomon. Solomon was a man that had everything. And yet he realized it did not give him satisfaction. If we focus only on what this world has to offer, then it surely is vanity. What's driving us? 
What makes us tick? Where is our focus? How can I find fulfillment in life? What dreams do I have? Think of Landon turning 11. He probably has dreams. I know I had dreams at that life, at that age in my life. I still have dreams. John 10.10 Jesus said, I come that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. Let's just turn to John 10. It's the Good Shepherd passage. Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that entereth not by the door into the sheepfold, but climbeth up some other way, the same as a thief and a robber. But he that entereth in by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him the porter openeth, the sheep hear his voice, and he calleth his own sheep by name, and he leadeth them out. And when he putteth forth his own sheep, he goeth before them, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. A stranger will they not follow, but will flee from him, for they know not the voice of strangers. This parable spake Jesus unto them, but they understood not what things they were which he spake unto them. Then said Jesus unto them again, Verily, verily, I say unto you, I am the door of the sheep. All that ever came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not hear them. I am the door. By me, if any man enter in, he shall be saved and shall go in and out and find pastures. The thief cometh not but for to steal and to kill and to destroy. I am come that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd giveth his life for the sheep. And I'll stop reading there. Jesus is our shepherd. He is going to give us life abundantly if we follow him. And of course, what is a birthday cake without having the candles lit? this morning, so we need all the heat we can, right? Us as Christians, we're the light of the world. Each year that we add a candle to our cake, are we a brighter light? As Jesus comes into our life, it doesn't have to be by the number of candles, but we can be that bright and shining light that others can see. How bright is your light burning? 
in our commercial world, we're bombarded with so many different ads that try to help us to find fulfillment in life, try to help us live our life to the max. You know, you can buy an electric scooter for $99. That can get you from point A to point B a lot faster. That will help you. You think I need that? Or I can go on a vacation for $18 plus. It's the plus that scares me. Perks Week continues. West Size Upgrade. That's a caribou coffee. If you're a Perks member, you get a size upgrade this week. Just so you know, we glove you a lot. That's Gemplers. They want your hands in their gloves. The fact is that we're bombarded with so much of this that it may help us short term, but it's not going to bring the fulfillment of living our life to the max. And sometimes I think we maybe stress ourselves out by trying to figure out how to maximize our lives that we max ourselves out trying to maximize our life. If you made any sense out of that tongue twister. You want to live your life to the max? Here's the key right here. The answers that you need, that you'll be faced with, is right here in the Bible. That'll help you live life to the max. You know, Solomon, he pursued, I don't know if I could say education or not, but he was the wisest man, so... If you were wise, I'm assuming that you would at least uh, have a fairly good handle on education and an intellect. And yet he didn't find satisfaction in that. He went to the world of thrills of wine and women and still didn't find satisfaction. He toiled with, he toyed with the world's ideas. Came up empty. He had everything that the world could offer. But it all was vanity. Living life to the max is not a matter of the products we buy, but it's the spirit that we possess. There are those that have little but are living life to the max. Then there are those that have everything that money can buy, but are most miserable. It is the inner spirit of man or woman that determines what he or she gets out of life. It's like Dad shared in Sunday school, greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. It's Jesus living in our hearts. That is going to make the difference. It's not the world. Going to our text.
Ecclesiastes 11. The first, first, I can't even talk. The first two verses, um, one and two, casting your bread upon the water, um, can somewhat be a little bit. Not sure totally what it what it means. I don't think it means that you put your bread on the water and you get soggy bread. Whether uh, Solomon was referring to. He had a very uh, uh, astounding commercial fleet of of commerce that he had in that day. But why would he go to the to the the fact of of saying all is vanity now invest? Um, that's what some Bible Bible scholars would would take from this that this would mean that we need to invest. But another uh, commentary that I found on it was the idea of spreading our good, our our goodness that we have to those around us, to the world. As we have good, give it. Put it on the water. Let it go. It may come back to reward us sometime, but keep giving, keep giving. Give to serve. Serving seven, and then eight. Where does bread come from? It comes from grain. Grain that has to be ground, crushed, then baked. As we think of sowing, you know, it takes diligence. It takes effort. It takes... Landon, would you want to come up here? I think we're going to have to call you sooner than I like. But It takes effort to... Uh, I see some smirks on the front bench here that gives me the indication the candles are getting out of hand. Would you take the uh, initiative to blow that out? You are good. All right, you can go sit down. Thank you. And by the way, that is your birthday cake, okay? So after church, you can come get it. I don't know if you have a cake at home yet or not, but you have one now. Oh, now you have two then. To give of our goodness, um, Christy and I had the experience twice now since we've been in Rochester on many different occasions. Um, we usually like to swing by Caribou and get a coffee. And two different times we've had the the happening where somebody in front of us paid for our coffee. And uh, it's one of those things where... Do you uh, do you take the blessing and and, and uh, be thankful, or do you continue on and, and pass it on to the next person behind you? Because there is there is this thing of of starting a chain and and seeing how long it goes. And I have never asked had the nerve to ask 
the lady at the window is how long has this been going, but it's usually like the person in front of you paid for your, your cough. So you're good to go. So I don't know if I'm, if I'm stopping it or not. But I, I took it as a blessing. But in return, what can we do to bless others? And it can be small things like that. Continuing on in Levener, it talks about the clouds. Talking farmer term now. Waiting for that perfect opportunity to plant. And if we wait for that perfect opportunity to plant, it may not happen. We need to get out there and we need to sow the seed. When the season comes, spring comes, sometimes we have to mud that seed in. It may not even be the ideal crop that we anticipate, but we're going to probably get something. It's only a couple years ago that we did do that. It was a wet spring. We mudded the seed in. And, uh, yeah, it was pretty pitiful, but we still got a crop. If we would have sat there and waited and waited and waited and waited for the perfect opportunity, probably wouldn't have been until, who knows, July, and then we probably wouldn't have got a crop at all. Solomon's using the illustration of a farmer, and he says, the farmer watches the sky for the ideal time to plant, and it will never come. Reading through this, I couldn't help but think of a poem that Amelia Barr wrote and speaking of commercial ads, Land Lakes used this on one of their commercials. And I'm just going to read it. It has a point. The king may rule or land and sea. The Lord may live right royal. The soldier ride in pomp and pride. The sail of Rome or ocean, ocean wide. But this or that. Whate'er befall, the farmer, he must feed them all. The writer thinks, the poet sings, the craftsman fashions wondrous things. The doctor heals, the lawyer pleads, the miner follows, the precious leads. But this or that, whate'er befall, the farmer, he must feed them all. The merchant, he may buy and sell, the teacher do his duty well, but men may toil through busy day. Or men may stroll through pleasant ways. From king to beggar, whate'er befall, the farmer, he must feed them all. The farmer's trade is one of worth. He's a partner with the sky and earth. He's a partner with the sun and the rain. And no man loses for his gain. And men may rise and men may fall, but the farmer, he must feed them all. God bless the man who sows the wheat, who finds his milk, and fruit and meat. May his purse be heavy, his heart be light, his cattle and corn and all go right. God bless the seeds his hand let fall. And if you're a farmer, I like that. And if you're not a farmer, I guess you can thank the farmer. (laughs) 
Don't allow unexpected circumstances to paralyze you from focusing on that which is really important. Jesus said, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. In Ecclesiastes 11, 5, and 6, He's telling us not to miss out on life just because you don't fully understand the reasons why. Our salvation. You know, if we wait for that perfect time, it won't happen. If we wait for that perfect service, it won't happen. Today is the day of salvation. We need to take that to heart. Don't wait. Don't tarry. It's important. There are people who are miserable because they don't understand certain things about the Bible and God. There are people that have left church and walked out because they got hung up on one thing. And really, you know, the bottom line is that one thing, the thing that we sometimes think and fuss about and argue, is it really that important? Don't be that person that can't enjoy a Christian life and be so hypocritical of church and other believers and jump from place to place. Solomon, he was right on that one because they won't find it. Ecclesiastes 11, 7 and 8. Seize the moment. You know, there's sweet things in life. And this cake, I haven't tasted it. But I'm assuming that it says whipped icing on it. It's probably got a fair amount of icing on it. So it's sweet. If you like cake, you like icing, how sweet are you? The New Living Translation, verse 7, like this, Light is sweet, how pleasant to see a new day dawning. When people live to be very old, let them rejoice in every day of life. But let them also remember there will be many dark days as well. Solomon's basically saying, enjoy the days, especially those days that are bright and sunny and and happy and light. But there will be days that will be dark and cloudy, rainy, overcast, stormy. You know, one thing that has come to my mind thinking on that is that it's going through that storm that you get to see the rainbow on the other side. And sometimes that is worth it. There are two ways to go through life. You can be miserable or you can be happy. Problems are in, un, problems are invitable. They will happen. But misery is optional. God may choose the events that happen in your life 
He'll allow certain things to come into your life. But it's those things that when they come into your life, how do you respond to it? As we get older, the longer we live, the more difficulties we may face. Our health does tend to wane as we get older. I found myself at the grocery store looking at the multivitamins and seeing the section that said for over 40 years old. I thought, that's me. I gotta buy these vitamins now for men over 40. I found this interesting. As you get older, everything hurts, and what doesn't hurt doesn't work. You sit in a rocking chair and you can't get it going. Your knees buckle, but you can't buckle your belt. You sink your teeth into a stake and they stay there. That's pretty extreme, but I do, I do, uh, I do remember uh, an incident where I think Laverne's and us had went and took supper down to uh, the wrestlers one time, and uh, we were there with uh, John, and uh, I don't know how long it was after after that that he passed away, but it was he was still with it enough he could talk, but I remember he. Uh, I think we had chocolate cake, if I remember right, and he, he was thoroughly enjoying it and literally two times almost choked on it. And I thought, boy, if we have to do the Heimelech here on a... I don't want to think of that, but... You know, that's, that's what happens when you get older. But even in trials, we can rebound through the grace and the power of God. Some of us will face different trials than others. I know that for a fact. There was a man just recently this past week that survived a 70-foot plunge off an interchange over in Wisconsin. How many saw that article? A few. There was too much... Okay, Richard... Oliver was his name. He was driving his pickup and he hit a snowbank Saturday morning and launched off this interchange ramp retaining wall and he plunged 70 feet below onto Interstate 94. There was just too much snow on the side of the road and one of his tires hit it. It was about two feet of snow and there's no controlling a vehicle when you hit that much snow. But he landed right side up, which was probably what saved his life. He suffers a back, broken back, legs, and facial injuries from the crash. I said, uh, it just kept going and there was nothing I could do to, that I could do, Oliver said. He's a 34-year-old new father from Pequawkee and he's being treated there at the hospital. Two bystanders came and helped him get into the back of his bed of his truck and helped him to call his mom just in case he wasn't going to make it. His wife was grateful that he has survived and that he is alive. His six-month-old baby's at home. 
and nobody else was hurt. Oliver's mother said something magically happened to protect him. And then she says, God must have something special in store for him. There's a man that gets to experience life in a different way. He's still living, but I bet his appreciation to life has a different focus. Ecclesiastes 11.9 develop, develop a value system to live by. Solomon, I think, is speaking of our heart and of our walk. The heart represents the inner part of the person, of us, of our being, who we really are. And then our walk is how we act as we live our life. So if we're going to live our life to the max, we have to have the value in our heart. It's not something that we can do in our flesh. Everything must pass the value test if it's worth it at all. And the Bible, again, is how we can balance what is valuable and what isn't valuable. Is it going to help me or is it going to hinder me? It's going to give us guidance. It's going to be the compass that's going to direct us. The Bible is always going to point north toward God. It won't fail. Then Ecclesiastes, last verse, 11.10, release some things. If you want to live life to the max, you're going to have to release some things. You're going to have to let go. Solomon talks of sorrow from the heart. I'm not sure. Maybe is he referring to anger, resentment? You know, sometimes as we move into adult we tend to bring some baggage from our past. And we have to be responsible for that. But we can let it go. We cannot let, we cannot let it stay there to ruin us, to ruin our life and to control us if we want to live our life to the max. The best way to a bright future is a life without regret, and that is to make the right choice today. Are you living to your fullest potential? Are you living your life to the max? Now is the time to reinvest your life in spiritual and eternal values. Don't wait for that perfect condition, but seize the moment and let go of those things that are going to rob you of being your best and take hold of God. If all we live this year will be to have another birthday, what worth is it?
Let's remember that God gave us life and it's precious and we should give it back to God that we can be a blessing to others and serve and love each other.